0: you ever have those things that continue to sit in the back of your mind? They're things that you think about, you add to them. you you. It's an idea that you come back to again and again, but it's nothing that you're necessarily acting on, but it's something like maybe something you should do or you should try or you are going to look into or all that stuff. I have that happen to me a lot, and a couple of them are, are very dental-oriented. Actually, three of them are very dental-oriented, but I think I'm going to talk about two of them today. Um, today is, it's actually Friday morning. It's the morning we released the Frank Spear and Greg Kinzer podcast for the dental hacks. And it was really funny. I worked on them all day yesterday. I was, I I left a bunch of work, uh, to do on them. And I actually had the day off yesterday, worked on them a lot and it, it got it done. Great. It's really funny. It's almost, um, now that it's out, it's almost like a, um, it's really weird so since we started releasing these daily dental hacks podcasts it's it's a bit more work it's not so much work but it's a bit more work but statistically the the friday shows the the once a week shows uh are, are still going out so they're still the same amount of time they're still the same production values all that stuff but they are having significantly less downloads and i thought okay well so we put spear out there and spear and kinzer will definitely get all the downloads and it really hasn't been. It's kind of frustrating, actually. But So the question I have to ask myself is, am I okay with... We're definitely getting more overall downloads because we have a whole bunch of podcasts out there, but I think less people are downloading the, uh, the Friday show. So I'm struggling with whether or not I'm going to try and separate those into two different podcast feeds or whatever. I'm worried that I may have killed the Friday show by doing the dailies. I don't even know. Not a big deal. but um, So I've been, <laughs> I've been kind of podcast... Nutty in the last couple days i've just i 've been working on them a lot, but uh then and i I was supposed to mow the lawn yesterday and I never got to it because of podcast stuff, so that happens a lot. Uh, I finally got the lawn going today and uh, i'm I was outside it's hot i'm tired I mowed but I didn't finish it. I got a lot of it done. I was tired enough I came in here, and so i 'm sitting in my basement. I have these things that continue to come up on my mind just Oh, when I'm driving to work sometimes or when I have a moment to think about them. And the, the two things that I'm, th- there's three things. First off, um, one of them I'm not going to talk about because it's not worth talking about. But I the first one that I'm not going to talk about is uh, I've got this dream dental practice in my mind. And it's it's from the design to the delivery, the care, the type of care, all this stuff. And it's a really cool thing. But I think that every time I, I think about it, more comes out of it. But I also think it's, it's highly impractical. It's one of those things where if I could have it just the way I've always dreamed it to be, I still think it probably wouldn't work. So I I leave it in the dream section for the most part. But the other thing that that I think about, there's two other things I think about. One of them is um, this particular piece of software I've been using for a while and how I could use that to make a really easy and effortless chart note. This is something that literally I've been working on and off for years on. And then the second thing I'm thinking about is something I want to write for the Dental Hacks website and then maybe sort of spread the idea around uh, about how patients physical ability to tolerate care should affect how we get paid for their care. Um, I put a poll out on the dental hacks nation last week that got a little bit of of play asking what percentage of your patients do you, do you think are, are easy to work on that make it easy for you? And, and, as I expected, a lot of people agree with me that like more than half of their patients are, are kind of a struggle to work on physically. And I've always thought to myself, we just take that as dentists, we just take that. And I'm like, God, isn't there, is there something we could do about that? What could we do about that to make it better or something? So these are the two things I've been thinking about, the things that have been rolling around in my head for months or years. I'm going to talk a little bit about those. So let's go ahead and get going. With too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. So, the first thing I was going to talk about is this piece of software that I use. Um, it's called Text Expander, and you can use it on Mac. You can use it on Windows. You can use it on whatever, so which is cool. Um, basically, what it allows you to do is it allows you to customize um, stuff that you type over and over again, or stuff that you use over and over again. For instance, um, I have a password. my My banking uh, my banking account has multiple passwords, and one of them is memorized by my password uh, my LastPass software. One of them, the LastPass software doesn't have a slot for it. It kind of requires two, and I, I can never remember the stupid number that I'm supposed to put in. So I've used TextExpander to remember it for me. I can remember the, the little trigger that I use uh, in TextExpander to get that number to work, but for whatever reason, I can't ever remember the actual number. I know it sounds sort of dumb, but there it is. Text Expander basically, you type a string of things in your keyboard, and then this, it will blow it up into a note and what's really cool about it is text expander allows you to customize these notes significantly. You can put in drop-down menus, you can put in, you can literally have it, have it like prompt you with questions and stuff like that. It's really, it's really neat. And I always thought to myself, and the other thing is it works in any software. So in other words, if you're in Dentrix, you can use it. If you're in, you know, if you're in word, you can use it. If you're in a browser, you can use it. You can use it anywhere. It doesn't, it isn't uh, specific to the software. And I always thought to myself, well, I could just drop into dentrix and and basically I could generate this uh this chart note with ease now I know i use dentrix i i would if I was a grown up I would probably try using evidentia, which is koise's software i've seen it in action it's pretty amazing stuff i I would love to do that but um i don't know that I have the stomach lining to switch over from one software to another right now. We did it once when I was young and dumb. It was hard and it sucked and it's expensive. Um, I don't know when I'll do that. The other thing is I always worry about a new software being able to handle the imaging stuff that we have. In other words, I, I'm not going to jump until I know that it plays well with all the different, you know, the different things that create images in my office. So that makes me a little fussy. Probably I should just do it sometime in any case. Um, But what I like about this text expander is it works in any piece of software. It'll work anywhere that you can type something in. So I like that. Um, And you know, the the struggle I face is that I don't know what the perfect chart note is in a lot of cases. I don't know what I want to include. And so instead of just trying it and starting to use it, which is what I should do, and then refine what I'm doing from there, I just don't do anything, which is really lame. Like we in fact, we're still using paper charts uh, and we'll just chart in the paper chart instead of going directly into dentrix, which is super easy. I will even say that like in hygiene in my hygiene department, we use um, a dentrix um, template, the ones that are built into dentrix, which actually are pretty hardy, they work pretty well for whatever reason i've been blocked on this I just don't know why, but i just I just don't use the one within dentrix so what's cool about it is you can literally if you my struggle is figuring out what kind of a chart note I want to be able to generate with this and then working backwards to make it so the the software will do that. And and that's something that I really want to work on. I guess maybe me putting this out in a podcast means that I'm going to go ahead and try doing this. We'll see. I uh I I find it interesting and I look at this and I go, "Man, this could this could be really easy and this could make it could make it so I could do it on any computer and any. It, it's a pretty neat piece of software. If you get a chance, again, it's called textexpander.com. I think the name of the company that puts it out is called Smile, um, but it is a pretty cool piece of software. And as I as I play with it, I will maybe uh, film some videos or something and, and put it out to you guys so you can see what the heck I'm talking about. But it's a pretty neat piece of software. And and when I'm a grown up, uh, if I stick with Dentrix or whatever, I'm hoping that I actually am able to figure it out so I can use it there. So that's, that's the first thing that, that continues to basically roll around in my mind. And I was literally mowing the lawn earlier today. And I thought to myself, man, you know what I could do? I could make sure it prompts me for a diagnosis on everything. So in the chart, my diagnosis of the problem will, will come up. And that way the diagnosis is always charted because every, every time you hear someone complain about, Oh, I got in trouble with the board for this or that. It's because they, they so many diagnoses in dentistry are implicit. In other words, if if you're doing a filling, it's not enough to say that you're doing a filling. It's you need to explain that the diagnosis was caries or recurrent cavity on a filling or an inadequate restoration or an open margin on the rest. You need to say that so that basically to justify what you're doing. Now, every one of us knows that we're, you know, we're doing it for the right reasons, but if you don't write down that reason uh, and someone comes in later, they're going to so why were you doing this? It's not enough for you to just say, Hey, look at the x-rays. There was a cavity on there. So, we need to be explicit about that. Well, shoot, this, this could make it so you could easily prompt a diagnosis. You don't even have to think about it. Like you just, it would prompt you, you'd have a drop-down menu and it it would word it correctly. So that would be one cool reason to do it that way. But what I get hung up on is, okay, what if I'm working on different teeth? Do I have it generate an entire chart note per tooth? You know, where do I put, do I put anesthesia in before I talk about what teeth I worked on or afterward. Like I get hung up on these things and I, I don't know the right way to do it. Again, as I mentioned before, probably the solution is to just set it up to the best of my ability and then start using it. And I suspect as I used it, I would find that either it's working well or I need to change something and I could just do that. Probably just need to do that on the fly. If any if anyone uh, in the Alameda experience wants to play this with me and and download Text Expander and work on this little project with me, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, maybe I'd be more likely to jump on it and actually do it. I think I am convinced that this little piece of software, which is like, I think you pay for a subscription is like thirty bucks a year or something like that, could could be the like the key to generating really great airtight chart notes as quickly as possible. I, it's basically just a really cool keyboard shortcut program, but but I think it could be really great. I just don't have the discipline to sit down and do it, even though it's been on my to do list for quite some time. So again, that's the first thing that is kind of rolling around in the back of my head that that shows up every few days and I think about it for a little while and then I let it go. Now, the second thing is interesting. And I would love it if my incredible Alameda Experience audience could tell me that I'm wrong about some of these things. But I don't think there has ever been any kind of analysis done on what makes a patient... Taking out behavioral things, taking out attitudinal things, taking out, you know the patient doesn't like being there. Literally the physical aspects of a patient that make them more or less difficult to work on. For instance, how wide can the patient open? Can the patient stay open? Does the patient have, uh, you know, vestibular attachments that are super high that give you lots of access to, uh, to the, you know, or do they have it super low? Do they have really tight uh, musculature so that they don't allow access or do they have big floppy lips where you can retract like six miles? Do they have a tongue that won't go away? Are they able to, when you ask them to, uh, you know, to breathe through their nose instead of breathing through their mouth, can they do that? Does their tongue take up a ton of room? You know, that's obviously kind of an airway issue at some point, but there's all these different things I've thought of. Not the least of which is just, will they stay open and can they stay open? And, you know, what about those people that have teeth, you know, second molars that are so far back and, the, and literally you can't, if you can't retract their lip to, to access the buccal vestibule on, on number two, you think they can brush their teeth that way? You know, I, so there's so many different things I think that I almost think it'd be worth studying this. Like, like what are the parameters that would make a patient good or bad? Clearly, one of the first ones is opening. And then when you look at opening... Uh, you know you know you know there are certain patients that when you ask them to open, you're like, "Oh my God, I could work on you all day because you have access to every surface of every tooth they don't struggle to stay open, they can do this, and it's no problem. Some people you open they you ask them to open they open it doesn't even look like they 've done anything different than when they're closed you're just that's as good as it gets so then the question is how much of that is that they they don't or won't open wider versus they they physically can't like some people literally. The way that their skull is, the way that their musculature is, whatever, does not allow them to open. I have a kiddo, it blows my mind because someone did ortho on him. Uh, but I mean, he's clearly got all kinds of derangements in his jaw joint. You know, there's something goofy going on. I think he may have had an injury back in the day. And I mean, he can't, I bet you he can't open 15 millimeters. And someone did ortho on him. I, I don't even know how they did it. It's amazing to me. Luckily, he doesn't need a lot of work. Uh, but I, 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 he's got a lot of stuff going on, to be honest. He's got some he's he's a special needs kiddo too but he does quite well considering but i'm like god i hope i never have to work on him Heaven only knows i hope i never have to take like wisdom teeth out on him because there's no chance i'm going to get in there but i thought to myself i'm like this is a practical thing that dentists of all types run into every single day and let's be honest i mean this job would be so much better if you had a practice full of people that could open well that could tolerate you i, I and that's completely separate from their behavior towards the dentist. You know, they may or may not like you. They may, may or may not have any money to pay you, but for the love of God, uh, them being able to tolerate you being there is what I'm talking about. Uh, them being able to literally allow you to get in and do a good job. I, you know, so many times I think to myself, well, if I could just place a rubber dam, I'd be fine. But I think there's a lot of patients that can't even open wide enough or their tissue won't allow for. What about those people where you put a rubber dam clamp on uh, a first or second molar and literally the shape of their tooth is they have, it's like a ski slope and they just, it's just like, it's almost like a triangle and you, you put a clamp on it and nothing will stick on that thing. You're just like, how is it that these amazing dentists that show all these amazing pictures, how do these people work on, I want to know how, I want to know that someone like Jason Smithson or someone like, you know, Frank Spear or someone like John Coyce, also struggles with these people who won't open or have these giant tongues or their lips are so heavily attached so my my first thought is what are the parameters that we could measure my goal would be if we're going to figure out what these parameters are you'd want to make it so you could kind of categorize the type of patient that you're dealing with from the very first exam in other words i don't know what like you'd probably measure their opening you'd probably you'd probably like try and judge the The tension in their their lips and cheeks when you're trying to access certain surfaces. And I feel like there'd be a way you could put together an exam that would fit right in with your regular soft tissue exam that would allow you to know what kind of person this is going to be to work on. And then I think to myself, honestly, this is the kind of thing that insurance companies should deal with, although they want to pay you as little as possible. So clearly, they're not looking to make it so they pay you a little extra on someone who's super difficult. But I, I do feel like it's a parameter that would be realistic. Um, if you are a fee-for-service office, you could explain that you know the difficulty is, is that you are harder to work on the average person, so I know you're going to take longer. It's going to cost extra to work on you. Sorry, I've worked with a guy or talked with a guy on Facebook by the name of Rich Hershinger. And uh, he, teaches, he teaches and practices mostly chronic pain stuff in TMJ. And I think he's got some kind of an instrument that he's he's developing that's basically meant to help people increase their opening, their their actual vertical opening. And my guess is it's the kind of thing where they're literally doing sort of a physical therapy on their muscles to make it so they can open wider and more comfortably. I think this would be a huge value. to. And I mean, if you could screen this in the beginning, if you could screen this from the first exam that you do, I think that'd be so great, right? That'd be a really cool thing to be able to, to add to a practice can make, make my life easier, make the patient's life a little easier. But I've always thought to myself, why don't we have some kind of categorization that allows us to know before we, you know, before we get it, before we even get this person on our schedule, how hard or easy is it going to be to do this procedure on them? You know, when I see, when I see someone on my schedule and I'm doing a crown on tooth number 18, usually I'm groaning already because, you know, half or more of the time, you know, that person's going to be awfully tough to get to. On that, but then occasionally they they show up in your schedule and they can open like crazy, and it's a piece of cake, and you're just like, wow. But it'd be really nice, I feel like, to know ahead of time before you do this. And so I, though, that's a that's a project that I would like to tackle at some point. I feel like it'd be valuable to the dental profession to know, like, if there's if there was something we could figure out uh, on this. So, Alan, Mead Experience listeners. If you have any interest or have any thoughts on that, I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and email me. Uh, at my email, alan at meadfamilydental.com. I'd love to hear from you about that. So you know what, I'm going to wrap it up for today. I know that I'm going to put these things out uh, as often as I make them rather than waiting to a particular day. But I also, this one's a little shorter and that's okay too. I I don't, I, these are the things I was thinking of and I just thought I'd put it out there. So uh, thank you again for listening. If you'd like to join the Facebook group and you haven't yet, um, just look on Facebook for Alan Mead Experience And then we require a password of you. And the password is either going to be Premier or Cosmident to get in. So uh, we'd love to have you over there. We have some fun conversations over there. And um, if you haven't subscribed yet to the Dental Hacks podcast, go over, subscribe to that too. We're doing some great stuff over there. Oh, you should definitely check out the website. We relaunched the website. Uh, We have some really great content over there. Really good written content as well as all the web or the podcast. Very good stuff. And uh, thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you soon.